Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast once more. This is episode number 187 entitled Let's Fix the Broken Web with WordPress, WordProof and Blockchain. It was published on Thursday the 9th of July 2020. My name's Nathan Wrigley and a few little bits of housekeeping just before we begin. I would love for you to be able to share WP Builds with your WordPress colleagues and friends. Probably the best way to do that is on social media. You could use the Twitter handle at WP Builds or you could share our Facebook group. Essentially, if you want to share anything that we produce, I'd be really, really welcome. There are some buttons underneath the podcast player on each episode that you might use. Another option would be to go to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. That's a page where we have lots of links to keep abreast of the content that we produce. There's a couple of newsletters to sign up to. There's a Facebook group that you can join. It's 2,000, nearly 2,700 WordPressers. It's very polite and well-managed, should I say. There's also links to podcast players and so on and so forth. So that's wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. A link which I mention each week is wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. It's a 365 days of the year, always on page of things a bit like you might find on Black Friday. So coupon codes from plugin and theme developers. And as far as I know, I've not removed one of them. So if you see it on that page, it's very likely to be sticking around for the foreseeable future. So if you're in the market for something this week, please go to that page, click on the link and you will assist us to keep the WP Builds lights on. Another way that you could help us keep the lights on is to go to wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise if you have a product or service and you would like to help us put it in front of a WordPress specific audience, we can do that for you. And one of the companies that have done that is AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your AB Split Tests in record time? The new AB Split Test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. The best part is it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress block editor. Check it out at absplittest.com. Okay, another thing to mention just before we get stuck into the podcast is also the fact that I'm doing a weekly series with Sabrina Zidan. It's all about getting your plugin recognized. As I mentioned, AB Split Test a minute ago, I'm helping to promote that. And Sabrina has got her SpeedGuard plugin. It's uh, probably about a 10 week journey. We're on to week four. And the intention is to go from no knowledge to a little bit more than no knowledge during those 10 weeks about how to successfully launch a plugin. So if that's something that you're interested in doing, you might like to find out some of the mistakes that we made on the way and some of the successes as well. It's live 2pm UK time every Tuesday and you can find it at wpbuilds.com forward slash live. Okay, the podcast today is a really interesting one. I feel like it's a really new area. I'm speaking this week with Sebastian who is representing WordProof. Now, It feels like this episode has come out at just the right moment because this week it was announced that the European Commission has granted WordProof 1 million euros in funding to take this initiative and develop it some more. So what does it do? Well, the idea is it's to protect your content, to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that something that you claim is yours is in fact yours. To claim that it was amended on this date, you can prove it. And it's all done with the blockchain technology. Now, I'm sure that you're familiar with technologies like Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. So it uses the same technology, the blockchain technology, but in the the case of Bitcoin, it's all about currency and keeping a record of financial transactions, but it could be repurposed for anything. So for example, it might be able to be used by you to say, well, I wrote this content, that blog post was mine, and I can absolutely certifiably prove that I wrote it on this date. That song is mine, that PDF is mine, and I can prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that it is 
written on this particular date. And so this could be really useful. I can see absolutely loads of examples of how this might be useful. Obviously, the European Commission view this as very useful as well. And so Sebastian is on the podcast today to explain how this all works and my why you might wish to deploy it. I would say that there is a little deal at the end. He offers the listeners to the WP Builds podcast a, a bit of a way of getting extra credit should you decide to adopt this. So listen out for that right at the end. Hello there. Welcome to the WP Builds podcast. Thank you for staying with us. We've got an interview for you today. And from the Netherlands, we have now, I'm going to try not to butcher this, Sebastian van der Lans. Perfect. Hey, Yay. pleasure to be here. Thanks yeah, for the Thank you. Now, this is, this is a podcast episode that has been many, many months in the waiting. Uh, I met Sebastian very briefly at WordCamp Europe in person, and we decided that he would come on. And then through a series of, I think, probably missteps on my part, the calendar got got cancelled and then various other things happened uh the covid19 virus got in the way but we're here um before no, we, no worries yeah yeah, yeah we, we made it before we begin um i can see you we record only audio but you are you are stood in an office um your office which is at the minute completely empty how how's it going for you currently um it's it's good um i've I started the agency in 2006 with a co-founder that's 25 people, called Funnels, and they're all working from home at the moment. Myself, I run uh, WordProof with a team of five, but we are all working from home. So we are uh, used to work from home. And when we do interviews or stuff like this, I uh, have the benefit of an empty office so uh, yeah, yeah different times but good time yeah well in, in many ways it's quite nice to have such a large amount of space it's a very it's a very spacious office and there's there's only you occupying it which is lovely um it's 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 pure uh, yeah it's luxury in a way yeah yeah we're, we're, we're talking to Sebastian today on a number of topics, but I think one of the ones that we'll delve into first off is a, a topic which I, I am absolutely certain will be of great interest to a lot of you, but also probably will be a bit of a 101. I imagine that many of you will have heard of the blockchain. You're probably going to be associate, associating it with things like Bitcoin and various other cryptocurrencies because that's kind of how it all began. But it would seem that there are technologies underlying the Bitcoin coin uh, and so on that that can be deployed in all sorts of other interesting ways and Sebastian has set up a, a startup called WordProof and I would urge you at this point if you are able to to go to wordproof.io you might even want to pause the recording because you might get more value out of this chat if you've gone and seen what that website is all about but what what is what is WordProof and why might anybody need anything to do with the blockchain with their website the internet is an amazing place, but at the same time, there are some issues on the internet. And we say the internet has a deep-rooted issue, and it's trust. 29% of Europeans are kind of suspicious to the internet, and 86% of followers for fake news at least once. So what we try to do is bringing a layer of trust to the internet. That's the bigger picture. And uh, what WordProof does is timestamping content on a blockchain. Bitcoin was launched in uh, 2008-2009, but already in 1991, blockchain was invented and published. Uh, the idea was published, and uh, it was about timestamping documents on a blockchain to kind of protect or prove that a specific document or content existed in a specific moment in time. Simply how it works is you have a document, you create a hash of it, and uh, most of you might know how hashing works, and otherwise it's on our website. Um, it, it's, it's just a function in BHP or uh, whatever programming language. There's an input that leads to an output. That output is always the same, but if you change a little bit on the input, the hash totally changes. So if you have that hash, you can prove that this thing exists. So what we do is we put this thing in a blockchain, like you can have a Bitcoin transaction in a blockchain. And with that, you can prove that a specific piece of content existed in a specific moment of time. Okay. And blockchain was initially gonna, invented for this. I'm going to interrupt at that point, if that's all right. Um, just let, let's clarify what this means. So um, we've got this notion that you can, let's say, take a document and whatever the content of that document is can be summed up 
in a in a smaller amount of data you, you can sum up the entire yeah. contents of that document down to the down to the letter pixel level if you like any variation um, from the original will lead to a, a different smaller amount. So I suppose a, a good way to think about it might be if you take a huge repository of information and you zip it up, you've just somehow... Let's say bookkeeping, yeah, bookkeeping of company. Yeah, you, you've sort of squashed it, but there's a way with a function, a hash function to, 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 to output a, a much smaller code and that code represents the state of that document. And if anything in that document were to change then the hash would change. Now, I'm just interested to know, does the hash change like so that it's unrecognizable to the first one? In other words, if it's, I don't know how long these hashes are, but let's say it's a string of 20 characters or something like that. Yeah, Is, it, is it like one character that, that's different if, the, if there's one character in the document that's different or is it completely un, indistinguishable from the previous it's hash? In other words, a, a cursory glance, you'd be able to say, whoa, hang on, that's not the same. The, the process is irreversible. So uh, if you have a Excel sheet with hundreds of thousands of cells and you only change one, it totally changes. Um, so it's, it's, an, and it's an irreversible process. So you hardly can't reverse engineer what the input was. But can you, if you were to look at those two hashes, you know, make a visual check. So let's say, yeah. let's take the example of your Excel spreadsheet, hundreds of thousands of rows. You make, so you, yeah. you, you hash that and that's great. And then somebody goes and changes one cell and you hash that, but you compare the two hashes. Do they look quite similar with just minor Not variations or are they totally different? Not at all. Right. So, uh, for example, if you have uh, my name, Sebastian van der Lans, and you add a space or you remove a space, it's totally different. And right. you, you can't see uh, if there's a change in the cell, but you can't see if it's only a name or a full bookkeeping inside. It's totally irreversible. Okay. And so just sort of moving this on a little bit, the, one of the things which occurs to me that we haven't yet mentioned is, is this idea of kind of storing this um, this data in some kind of public ledger, some some way of proving. Because obviously, you know, if I have a spreadsheet and I change it and I just keep that hash on my computer, there's no kind of trust gained at all. I've just modified it and I could quite easily lie to you. So where does the trust come? How does the the notion of the blockchain work? What even is it? Where is it stored? <laughs> how do we how do we get access to it? How do we um, how do we make use of it? The thing, a blockchain is just a database, but then protected with hashing. So it's it's a database, but it's in sync with each other. Maybe it's uh, the best to explain how Bitcoin works. With Bitcoin, for example, three persons, they all um, are having a copy of the database. The one has 10 Bitcoin, the other has two Bitcoin. If the one with 10 Bitcoin wants to buy a laptop from the one with uh, two, they say, hey, I have uh, three more Bitcoin for you. Can you, uh, and I want to buy the laptop you have to offer. Okay, um, here's three Bitcoin. Then we both have to say, hey, do we accept this transaction? Hey, she has 10. Uh, so we make it uh, three minus three is seven. And um, the t two plus three is five. Okay, we all agree uh, that this transaction is possible and we transfer the laptop and the Bitcoin is transferred. So we all three update our database, our ledger with, uh, okay, now she has five, he has five, and uh, that's it. So it's, it's a database, but all participants in the network agree on the state. And for example, when uh, the one with two tries to buy a laptop for three, um, it's impossible because the, uh, the amount of Bitcoin is insufficient. So the participants in the network won't accept the transaction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense. The, the, the query that I have, let's say in the, in the very simplistic scenario that you just presented there where there's three people, what, if, um, what, what is the, the requirement in terms of uh, proof before that transaction is approved so in this scenario there's only three right so presumably three out of three need to be need to be switched on confirming this data before that transaction is acknowledged as a true as a true representation of what was supposed to happen but what if what if that third uh, what if one of them was let, let's say switched off permanently it was never there D can can transactions fail because there's just not enough 
people in the pool confirming these transactions um is there any way for for that to sort of fail or is there any yeah well let's leave it at that for now yeah that can happen so there are many different blockchains bitcoin is the most famous blockchain because it's the yeah the first one that got in the mainstream media um with bitcoin has tens of thousands of uh, nodes so that one won't go offline Wordproof works with um, with different blockchains. We will add support for Bitcoin soon, but we work with uh, Ethereum soon and with EOSIO. All those uh, blockchain softwares are have hundreds uh, hundreds of nodes uh, protecting the network. So we're kind of tapping into infrastructures that exist. Right. Okay. And so the the analogy that we we've been talking about so far, Bitcoin, the Bitcoin blockchain is simply for Bitcoin. It's all about the the coins moving left and right and so on. But yeah. you're saying that there are freely available public repositories, public ledgers that you can tap into and push any kind of data that you like in there. So is that right? Have I have I misjudged oh. that? All blockchains have their economics. So, for example, on Bitcoin, if you do a transaction in Bitcoin, you pay a little fee, depending on how busy the network is, how fast you want the transaction to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, so, based on that, there, there are economics. All Bitcoin or all blockchains have different economics. So, on Ethereum, that's number two at this moment. They have uh, a gas fee. It's, it's, it's kind of the Bitcoin model, a fee that you pay for the ones who have the ledgers. In EOS, it's kind of it's kind of different. There you have to say, hey, I buy a percentage of the tokens. So, for example, I have 1% of all the tokens. That gives me access to 1% of the processing power of the network. Interesting. So, uh, in that way, it's kind of having a house and lending it out yeah. for, for renters. So um, uh, Wordproof works, for example, with the EOS one. So we have uh, access to a small percentage of the network, which is enough for doing uh, hundreds of thousands of timestamps on a daily basis. Is there anything, before we get into the exact you know, use case scenarios for something like Wordproof, which is, which is, I suppose, what I really want to talk about, is there any scenario in which this isn't bulletproof? Are there any, are there any kind of edge cases in which somebody could come along and say, well, hang on a minute, no, 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 this, this really isn't proof. Are there any like configurations of people using the pool or people um, consuming a significant proportion of the pool or anything like that that can make it unstable and not quite as bulletproof um, as, as one would hope if you um, theoretically there are but if you look at the, the top five or top ten uh, blockchains it costs you millions to dollars to just change one aspect and then it will always be visible to anyone that that uh, specific thing happened so practically I would say no Theoretically, there there is, but it's uh, yeah, it it's it's not significant. I remember, and it's always yeah, sorry, you auditable by and it's always auditable by everyone. Yeah, I remember back in the day the the notion that if somebody were to get fifty one percent of the of the the power, if you like, in the case of Bitcoin, then in theory yeah. they could do all sorts of uh, of nefarious stuff. But the you know the the intention being that the more people that use it, the less likely it is that anybody's going to have that c- compute power um, uh, online at any one time. Maybe maybe nation states, but that's about it. It certainly isn't going to be me or you. Um, and still, then it's transparent yeah. on the blockchain yeah. what happened there. Yeah. So um, it would absolutely it will would hurt the ecosystem so much. That, uh, yeah, the incentives are aligned in a way that it won't happen. I don't see it happening. And if it happens, it's so transparent that um, that there, there will be good actors saying, okay, we pick up from the point one block before uh, yeah. the malicious actors spend in, and then we uh, continue where we left. It is possible to sort of like fork these, um, these blockchains in such, you know, you can re- reverse time. Um, and restore normality in a sense, yeah. In, in a way, and then some people agree or some people don't. And yeah. with what we did at Wordproof is really bringing the benefits of blockchain without all the hard forking. And the, the what 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 we did is 
um, we made an academy. It's called WordProof Academy. It will be launched by the end of June. And it's really a technical deep dive of what blockchain and timestamping with blockchain is. So yeah. um, once it's live, I'll send you the link so oh. we can put it in the video. Yeah, that'd be nice. Thank you. Um, so, okay, let's say, for example, we're building our WordPress websites and we have a we have a need for something. You know, one of our clients or maybe even us realized that it would be really significantly useful to have some proof that, that things that we created, we did in fact create at a certain point and we have ownership of them. I can imagine all sorts of use cases like lawyers or people who simply want to just say, just assert that this content is mine. You know, this is something that I wrote on this date. You didn't write it two days after I did because I wrote it. Um, where Where is this blockchain? Like, where actually does it exist? Am I consuming, like, significant... Um, portions of my hard disk drive? Is it is it sitting on my WordPress server, eating up the memory? H how does it work? How do we stop it growing and growing and growing if everybody's got to have the, the same identical um, share of it? That, that's how Bitcoin started. So you have the people using the network and you have the people uh, creating the security and doing the transactions itself. The, the users, they say, hey, I do a Bitcoin from me to you and then pay a small fee, and the small fee is going to the so-called miners. Um, so that's part of the economics. What I said on uh, WordProof, we work with a kind of staking mechanism, so we kind of rent a part of the network, and we rent it from the people who have the ledger. So on my WordPress server, there's no, uh, there's no blockchain running. On my own computer, there's no blockchain running. It. It's all, yeah, it's, it's all lightweight. Okay, that's 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 music to my ears because that was one of the concerns <laughs> that I've always had is that it would, you know, as these as these things grow and grow and more people come on, I was yeah. thinking, boy, I'm going to be giving away whole gigabytes just to uh, just to keep up with the uh, the current state of the ledger. But no, how does it work for, no. for 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 Bitcoin, for example? You could have done that, but then you had the chance of receiving those fees as well yeah. that people do for the transaction. So uh, if you do that, there's an incentive, a possible incentive that you get for using that amount of uh, computing power and energy. Right. But okay. Well, that makes sense. You know, it's a bit like a storage company in the real world. You keep people's stuff safe. You get paid for it. Yeah. I, I, in a way. And that, yeah. what, what blockchain is all about is about, or on blockchains, you can have tokens and uh, some people from blockchain movement, they truly believe that every money and every business will move to a tokenized model so you can align all incentives. Um WordProof makes it very easy. We just do the timestamp use case from 1991 where blockchain was invented for. We bring just that small first blockchain benefit to the world of content and commerce. Okay. That's what, what we aim to do. So my guess is at the moment, virtually nobody that's listening to this podcast will have deployed any kind of blockchain technology inside or in any way attached to their WordPress website. But but clearly, you know, you've set up this startup um, and WordProof exists. But I'm, I'm kind of interested to know what the real world scenarios are. So if you could possibly delve into actual use cases where you think this is significant, this is something that you really, really could make use of. It's not a trivial edge case that's going to be applicable to like one in 10 million users. No, this could be this could be all of us. Yeah, um, I do three use cases. We really started as a, a copyright tool to prove that you made content at a specific moment in time. Then I will dive a bit into misinformation uh, and how timestamps can be a solution to fake news or misinformation. And then we dive in uh, search engine optimization hmm. and how it could help and solve problems there. Because that might be the most interesting, interesting part to most people. Okay. Uh, although mis misinformation is interesting as well in this crazy uh, C19 yes. times. Yeah. With a blockchain timestamp, you can prove that content existed in a specific moment in time. That, that's the gist of it. So um, for copyrights, claiming that you made something at a specific moment in time, uh, it can be useful. Example, there's a creative studio in uh, Amsterdam. They are called Blom and Blom, the use case on our website. And they make beautiful designed uh, lamps. 
and they made beautiful photography, beautiful content, and they're a team of uh, two or three, and they make beautiful stuff. But what happens all the time is that web shops and people on eBay are copying exactly their content. They're placing an order in China. Oh, can you copy this? And they try to sell with their content. Yeah. For them, it's kind of painful. And they say, hey, eBay, someone is copying our content. But they say, yeah, if we don't have an a official letter or whatever, we can't help you. Sorry. If they had to hire a lawyer for maybe the, uh, he or she needs uh, two, three hours to write a letter. And uh, it's they can't afford a lawyer to help them there. Mm. Because you have to build the archive, you have to write the letter. With a timestamp, if you just make, at the moment of publication, you make a, a timestamp on it, you put it in a blockchain, and you write the right letter, you can um, prove, and really prove, that you uh, had that content first, before the ad, the ad on eBay was published. So um, in the back office of WordProof, you can download letters for free you just say hey this uh this uh this site copied my content uh th this was my original content create a letter and you can send it and what happened by then in a matter of two hours uh or they sent a letter to ebay uh which they created in five minutes and two hours later the, the ads were taken down so uh it, with blockchain timestamps it was for them possible to uh yeah take down the copycats that is fascinating i did not realize that there was sort of like a point click ui here okay i'm because i haven't seen the ui i'm 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 gonna just ask some basic questions around that because i'm interested to know what the actual process looks like yeah um is this then in some way connected to wordpress's media library so let's say for example in this case i've uploaded a pdf of a lamp right i've, I've yeah. made a an architectural plan if you like of my design yeah. for, a, for a, a lamp and i've got all the measurements and all the materials are outlined on that um how does it work do i upload it to the media library do i need to click buttons or is it a bit like when thumbnails are created does wordproof just go in and timestamp things automatically and give me a meta box uh, of that data how does it look we have a setup wizard and uh what the setup wizard does it asks you what custom post types do you want to timestamp automatically from now on so you could say my posts my pages but also my media must be timestamped at the moment I upload. Got it. That's um, it. And there's also a feature to timestamp the old posts, the old pages, and the old uh, uh, the old media types or products in the case of e-commerce. Right. Presumably, there is some distinction between things that were previously created that you're attempting to timestamp. In other words, I couldn't timestamp something that I wrote in 2015 and claim the timestamp to be at 2015. Would it be timestamped at now? Exactly, yeah. Right, right. The, because the, the moment that that's really a proving moment is the moment of the blockchain transaction. Right, right. so you can because only assert the database your... can always... Yeah, I, I get it. You can only assert ownership at the time that you click the button. Anything you you can't rewind the clock here and kind of yeah, that would be a that would be a glaring hole in the system, wouldn't it? And what what another hole you touched it uh, briefly there is, you can claim existence but not really the ownership. Got it. Interesting. Because I can timestamp stuff from someone else. Of course, um, yes. So that's an interesting part as well. Yeah, okay. That was that was a misstep. I chose the wrong word there. Yeah, good. Thank you. That was no, no, no. Catch. It's interesting. It's it, the the thing is so new, and that's why we made the WordProof Academy as well to yeah. explain. It, WordProof Academy will be around ten movies from two to five minutes each, explaining what is hashing, what's the difference between a blockchain and a database, why would you timestamp your terms and conditions, how would uh, SEO and blockchain timestamps, how would that work? Um, really in detail explanation of everything. Yeah, the, the one thing that's interesting there, you mentioned that this was done on a custom post type basis. So let's say, for example, I'm, I'm creating this podcast episode. This podcast episode is made up of a whole bunch of content. So there's there's text, there's um, there's the audio, 
there is a, an image. Now, I'm not going to uh, attempt to copyright any of this because it's publicly available and it's fine. But let's say it was actually the audio component that I was that I was really mindful of of, of timestamping. In other words, I'm maybe I'm a songwriter and I wish to assert that I wrote this song and it sounded like this on this date, right? Can I can I go in on a sort of granular level and say actually only only do the audio aspect of this custom post type, or does it just do the whole thing and then you've got to unpack that uh, later it, and and assert that the whole post therefore the audio must have been part of that as well? It's stupidly simple in a way. You can um, it, it timestamps what you upload. Yeah. So if you do an MP3 it will timestamp the MP3. If you do a video with both audio and, and, uh, and, and image, you will, you timestamp that, doc that document. Mm. Um, and it, it depends per use case. So for example, um, if you will do an image, yeah, you don't have to timestamp in most use cases, every, uh, every resize of the image, but only the original or only the large one, right. because from that moment you can prove that you had that specific uh, content in that specific moment of time. Okay. Um, I can see this being really interesting to a lot of our audience because I know a lot of our audience have had uh, issues with copyright. Their, their text has been taken, their, their entire courses have been copied and sold on, and really it's a, it's a difficult battle. What, what I'm interested in is so that this, this timestamp is created. How easy... And how widespread is it now for, for people who actually pursue this in law? So lawyers and, and I guess the police in some cases and what have you. How easy is it for them to, to, to take this timestamp seriously? You know, is it, are you basically just giving them a hash and saying, you know, deal with that? Or is there, is there now sort of more widespread acceptance that this is, this is the way it's going? Do, that, do lawyers increasingly understand this? Can they work with this? Or is it still kind of in the realm of nerd needs to explain to lawyer how this actually works? For example, Europe has whole task, force, task forces working full-time on blockchain implementations, uh, timestamping, certification, stuff like that. It's there, there's not uh, outspoken regulation, but there are cases uh, where timestamps were used right. and succeed. Um, and uh, especially in Europe, it, it's a big thing. There, uh, you have the ESBI. It's there, there are whole task forces around. Hey, how can we bring blockchain? And because for them, blockchain is bringing integrity in a transparent way. Right. Um, right. So it, it's it's not a nerd thing. So we're in sort of an evolutionary period. We're in a period where the technology exists. We're now beginning to deploy it and people are beginning to understand its significance. Yeah, this is absolutely fascinating. Okay, so we've we've dealt with the um the publish copyright um, and we've dealt with possibly your second point creating content, although maybe we didn't. I don't know, but um carry on with the yeah, three points. Yeah, and and one thing because we we had a a lot of um uh questions from because we do a lot of research for example, recently we did a, a research under a lot of big publishers using WordPress. And one of the things they asked, hey, can you add a way to monitor if my content is copied? So Ooh. not only handling, but also finding. So discoverability, that's not really blockchain. But if we discover it, we find it, then we have the tools, the letters and the timestamps to make the case. So that's an addition based on research that will be added later this year. Yeah, that is interesting because, well, the discovery is the hard part. I know people that pay significant amounts of money for, I mean, ostensibly they're SEO tools, but they are tools yep. which, which discover duplicated content all over the internet. And obviously if that duplicated content began with you, um, yep. that, that's, that's a useful tool. But it, I think it's quite costly to do that currently. I didn't know it was in your... Is it was in your WordPress uh, plugin? That's fascinating. Okay, sorry, right, uh, carry on. It's not. It's not in the basis of the plugin, but it's a request we often get from publishers. Mm. So it will be in the plugin. The APIs to do stuff like that are quite expensive. So that won't be that 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 part of the product will be more expensive than the timestamping itself. But it's coming in a user friendly way. Okay. Okay. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Where did we get to? <laughs> <laughs> Um, the misinformation part, because um, you can timestamp content with a blockchain address, 
But it will be really interesting. And for example, Europe is doing a lot of efforts, but a lot of blockchain startups are doing a lot of efforts in identity so that you can connect your identity to a blockchain timestamp. And once you do that, you can really claim ownership of the content you publish. You can say, hey, it's me publishing it instead of uh, just anonymous timestamps. Anonymous timestamps have value because they can do the proof of existence. But once you tie identity to a timestamp, um, you, you can claim ownership. And with ownership comes accountability, if you want to. Ah, okay. We have, and then uh, we, we have thought of a whole open source ecosystem with, we, we call it six tiers. So you have tier zero is no identification at all. Then you have tier, tier six, that's full-fledged government uh, uh, identification and everything in between. So you can think of um, with LinkedIn, social verification, mm. you, uh, which is kind of sure that you are the person. Then you have Twitter, you can have multiple Twitter accounts until uh, just saying, hey, this is my email. So they're kind of a tier level system from zero, no identification until full-fledged government identification. And from that moment, what you can do is saying, for example, in social media, you can say, hey, content, every content may be there. Because fake news, for example, in what we say is fake news, often it's just, an op sometimes it's trolling and trolling is bad. But still we must not say, hey, you can't troll because that's censorship and censorship is bad as well. Mm. But on the other hand, you have fake news. In many cases, it's just an opinion of a group of people. So, and, and for them, it's the truth. So the, 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 the big danger or the thing with fake news is not that it exists, but an opinion going mainstream, that is where the risk is with misinformation. With a blockchain timestamp ecosystem and identity tied to it, you could say, or you could even as a government enforce by social media or by search engines, only if a person takes accountability with level four, five, or six, it's allowed to go mainstream. So on social media, for example, if there's content and opinion or trolling, whatever, um, that is, uh, there's no accountability taken, there's no identity tied. You can see it, your friends can see it, but your friends or friends can't. Then you can say, hey, if you connect it to Twitter or uh, yeah, a, a light verification, it can spread to friends of friends, but only if you have uh, government identification, it can, it can go to the headlines of mainstream media. Yeah. Fascinating. What an interesting concept. Has this been, have you, have you had discussions about this? So obviously everything that you're describing is technically possible. Um, have you sort of tried to, to achieve this? You know, have you been in talks with any of these kind of social networks to, to sort of describe how it might fit in their platform? Um, and not really to the social media because from the blockchain space, social media platforms, new social media platforms and Uber competitors are arising at the moment. Got it. Um, because one of the, mostly the incentive is about, uh, hey, you have Facebook, Facebook took $55.8 billion in advertising revenue in 2018 alone. This value shouldn't go to shareholders, but should be distributed to the participants, to the people using the social media. Mm -hmm. So often that, that's the drive for the incentive model, but that's a, step out in this story. Um, people are getting aware of, due to the Cambridge Analytica, due to every misinformation around uh, C19, uh, people are getting aware that uh, bots are manipulating, that, that Facebook is not a safe, really a safe place anymore. So people are getting aware and solutions are being created at the moment. For example, for identity, you have self-sovereign identity, you have uh, identif uh, decentralized identifiers. There are initiatives recognized by the W3 uh, consortium, uh, all making open source or uh, defining identity in an open source way, because there shouldn't be a business model around identity on the web. So it's really about standards are forming at this moment, um, and it, the pieces will fall together in the coming years. 
It's a really nice uh, model that you described there. I, th I think that will appeal to a lot of people listening to this. You know, they're in they're in WordPress because of its open source nature, and it's it's really refreshing to hear you actually say those words. You know, it's not about the, the profiting of shareholders and so on. It's about creating the technologies and opening them up. And just maybe it was about five minutes ago you mentioned a uh, an API that you'd created to enable certain aspects of this technology. Have you have you been open sourcing all of this? Is that the intention? Is to make all of make the technology which underlies all of this available to everybody should they wish to integrate it into their, <clears throat> excuse me, systems? Yeah, what we did is the best way to work with, from a technical point, the best way to work with, uh, with blockchain is with a blockchain wallet. So you have kind of a secret key and with mm. that key, you can interact with a blockchain. So that, that's called your blockchain wallet. So yep. the most uh, technically good way is to have a blockchain wallet to uh, install the WordProof timestamp plugin, which is kind of an interface between the blockchain wallet and your website. And from that moment, you can timestamp manually. It's like putting your fingerprint or autograph every time you publish content. So that's fully open source and available at our GitHub. Where uh, And what, what we saw is for journalists, for example, it's, um, it's hard for them to handle with that technology. So what we did is we made a, and that's software as a service with a free plan as well, um, a way to timestamp automatically at the moment of, um, at the moment they publish. Yeah. So um, the, the, the API itself is not open source, but you can use it with a blockchain wallet, which is technically from the purest in blockchain space, the best way to do it. That's fully open source. Okay. The, um, the the sort of the nature of this it feels like this is the way the world is going you know you oh, it's certainly in certain parts of the world let's say europe it feels like um we're we're heading towards a requirement to have the ability to to prove things and to be um let's say uh well gdpr comes to mind um yep. these kind of things do, do you feel that if we were to have this conversation in five or six years time m much of this would have become mandated do you feel that yep. things like blockchain will become utterly required before publishing content well maybe not required but far more widely um deployed than it is now uh in other words have you seen a lot of growth and interest in this Absolutely. Um, the fun, let's go a bit more uh, radical here because okay. GDPR, GDPR is an interesting thing. We made a plugin, the GDPR compliance, WP GDPR uh, compliance. And GDPR, there was a lot of um, people were not liking GDPR because it was, uh, in a way, forceful and you have to do this and you have to do that. So a lot of entrepreneurs and organizations did like GDPR. But the intention of GDPR. I think is a beautiful one. Mm. Hey, the inhabitants of Europe are not savvy enough to protect their own data. So we make the organizations responsible for taking care of the data so that privacy in a way, yeah, it's a human right. So we can bring it back with GDPR. And what you uh, see is GDPR, People say, hey, GDPR and blockchain, they're kind of opposed because with GDPR, you must be able to erase everything. And with GDPR, it's about permanent storage, so it's not possible. But there's an opposite movement saying G blockchain is the only way to create GDPR. With, For example, in the wallets, you can have a token or a Bitcoin, but you can also have your name or your age or stuff like that. And what you can do is give a webshop, for example, on the moment you place an order, you can give them the consent to use your address as long as they need your information. So, for example, to send you the products or when there's warranty. But after that, they don't need your address. So you pull back uh, the consent of your address. Hmm. So in that case, the web shop doesn't work with a centralized database with user information, but only with consents they have access to. So what should happen in five years from now is that every form of a centralized database with user information in it is a punishable event. The only allowed collection of user information is a set of consents, but the user should always be able to put that back 
and pull it back. And that's what blockchain is the infrastructure for in an open source way. And that's why governments are enforcing it. That is really interesting. And I must say, completely novel to me. I had no idea that that kind of thing was even on the horizon. That's fascinating. Would that be... Boy, that's got my mind worrying. <laughs> would that be um, would that be something that I would have to take authority of, or you know, let's say for example that I purchase something from I don't know a carpet shop and I get my carpet and they no longer need my address. I'm happy. Everything's done. Um, do yeah. I need to? Will the technology kind of automatically know about this sort of I don't know? Let's say for example, delivery successful. Some kind of token goes back. Right, remove the ability to to see my address. Or is this something that I will need to be mindful of and you know individually right? carpet shop they don't need my address the uh, amazon they don't need my address the uh, the shop that i bought a widget from last week they don't need my address how how will this even work that's just so interesting the 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 great thing is there are all protocols in the making with the w3c uh, or w3 consortium and in this case it's called verified credentials so in your wallet you have for example uh your certificate from the university that that you this uh, uh, successfully uh, yeah. passed. Yeah. So, um, but that certificate can only come there when it's co-signed or co-created by the university itself. So um, they provide it. The government or the local government provides your driver's license. Um, they, the government provides your passport. It could all be in that wallet. And you could tell, you could uh, give consent to specific parties. But an in, another interesting concept there, sorry to dive a bit deep, is, uh, for example, your passport or your driver's license. Right. Your date of birth is there. And when you go by, to a liquor store, for example, and you want to buy alcohol, you have to prove that you're above 18 or above 25. But for them, it's not necessary to see your date of birth because, yeah, you don't want them to know how old you are. That's kind of a data leak if they see what your date of birth is. Right. There's The only thing they need to know is, is Nathan older than 18 or right. is Nathan older than 25? Binary, so yes or no. So revealing yeah. the data, you can, yeah, all Possible stuff like that will be possible in the future. That is so in interesting. In a source way. Yeah, and, and it kind of feels to me at the moment that it's it's difficult to even describe what this might look like and but then i'm thinking to myself well if i went back 30 years and explained that i would be able to send um uh, messages akin to letters by typing on a keyboard and clicking clicking send you know if if i could c- communicate on video calls with people on the other side of the planet in real time that that would, yeah. would just be like no 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 this is just complete fairy tale stuff and yet here we are you know this this feels like the the beginning of something really significant and it feels almost like the, the the way that technology has been abused and the way that um, we've got so many, so many databases with so much information about all of us, stripping out that information, the, the stuff is only needed when it's requested by somebody with the authority to need it and with the approval of me to see it. That's just fascinating. I'm really compelled by this. Do you, do you think this will be easy? So the perfect example... <laughs> Could my grandmother in 10 years time be able to sort of interact with this or are we still going to be, uh, you know, nerds only? No, no, no. In less than five years, everyone will, in, will interact with this. And a good comparison is, for example, you know what a database is, but your grandma, she no. probably doesn't. No, no, no. And <laughs> that's not a problem. Um, what blockchain lacks at the moment is great UX. You don't need to understand the technology to successfully use it. That's how the internet works today. Right. Um, that's why it's so well adopted. For example, the the radical statement, hey, as having a centralized database with customer data in it should be a punishable event. It makes sense to nerds, but to nobody else in the world. And right. it shouldn't. Um, that will all move to the background. And that's what we did in WordProof as well. You just you know the benefits hey i want this i need this and it should work that's it all under the hood and uh so wordproof is a use case without the financial stuff without the speculation without the cryptocurrency blah blah it's uh, without the bullshit we bring you the benefits of blockchain 
in in your WordPress site, and you don't have to know that it's blockchain under right, the hood. Right. Right. I have a I have a, a a question which kind of maybe has been dealt with already. But one thing about all of this is, if everything is decentralized, is it possible for me to is it possible for me to lose my identity? I mean, actually lose it. And the reason I'm asking this is because we've heard many stories about people who've literally lost their Bitcoin because they erased their hard disk or, you know, they trashed it or something like that. And and so that, that thing which in the real world, because it's centralized, my bank has my money, or at least they have a yeah. notion of having my money, that, that centralized nature of it means that I can sleep at night and I don't have to worry about my money because somebody else is worrying about it. In, in terms yeah. of Bitcoin and, and, and replace Bitcoin with identity, my identity that I can assert because it's on a, it's on a blockchain somewhere, is it possible for the whole, the whole thing to burn down because I'm careless? <laughs> the, um, it's... The first step into blockchain identity will work with identity providers. So still a government has to provide your passport to have it in your wallet. Mm -hmm. It can be a, a government, but it can also be LinkedIn, for example. Right. So there still need to be an identity provider. And before it goes mainstream, it must have fallbacks for stuff like this. There is, though, a way to fully decentralize identity but that won't be adopted in the coming years. But technically, it's possible. We won't dive into that because I will take another hour. <laughs> but the, the idea, I tried to do it in uh, five sentences. It's proof of co-location. So when you have a picture of my face, it's a unique, a one in million uh, unique profile. If you have a picture of your face, it's a one in million unique profile. So when I use my face as kind of, uh, um, uh, when I use my face as a, as a password in a way yeah, yeah. Uh, and you use your face as a password we can be both on a picture and i can say yes this is nathan you could say yes this is sebastian and with in that way we could create as the combination of your face versus the social relations you could create a unique identity which you can also restore because it's not on the blockchain but the the personal relationship so for example when five of the people around me acknowledge that i am me okay i can restore my ah, account there you go okay but this is scary because you don't want to use faces and you don't want to use biometrics but technically stuff like this will be possible but it has big downsides as well so let's not dive yeah. into it but, <laughs> but but there's so much going on in the open source space and i fell in love with bitcoin in 2013 why because I, I, with WordPress, what we learned is open source technology plus a community can be a market leader. We're tenfold bigger than the number two CMS in the world, mm. which is also open source. And we're 20 fold bigger than the number one uh, pr proprietary uh, software. So WordPress showed the world that it's possible for Bitcoin or for blockchain to uh, go mainstream as well. At least that's how, how I see it. Mm. Um, I would urge everybody to to go to uh, WordProof. Like I said at the beginning, go to WordProof.io and check it out. You know, there's uh, there's pages about how the ecosystem works and what all the features are, and and indeed the pricing and so on and so forth. And then there's a, a resource center, help center, API, decentralized hosting, and uh, a blog as well. Uh, go check it out. It's just such a remarkably interesting interesting like really at least to me anyway really interesting subject um is there anything we missed out is there anything which when you began recording this uh, 45 minutes ago or so you thought i must must mention that before we finish if so please tell yeah, me yeah let's do the seo part but Lovely. i'll keep it short because for example one of the um, and i've talked to a lot of seos uh, search engine optimizers and what they say hey still a problem in google is if you just change the date of an article you will end up higher in the search engine google still isn't able to fix that so with a blockchain timestamp you can prove that you didn't tamper with the date so what mm -hmm. we're working on with the guys at yoast for example is making the blockchain timestamp part of schema.org or structured data nice. to prove in an open source way that you didn't tamper with your data. And so there, there are more problems with search engines for what uh, timestamps can be solutions. So, um, and it's not a far cry. This, this is not future. This is, this is happening today. 
with um, if you if you start timestamping from that moment, you have the proof that that specific content existed in that specific moment of time. So if you timestamp today and Google will recognize it in a half year from now, it still matters that you timestamped today. Interesting. Now say that again. Google will recognize this in six months from now. It, okay. No, no, no. I, that's not that's not a problem. But or that's not a promise. We can't say that because, oh, I see. for okay. example, they they didn't. They will never say that we uh, that they use timestamps. Might never say because they will never say, hey, links have an impact on Google ranking. Mm-hmm. They won't do any official declaration on it. Mm-hmm. But there, there, the the timestamps are a fully open source, there's no trust in WordProof uh, needed for a search engine to use the open source timestamp to verify if there has been tempered with content on a website. Got it. Okay, well, that makes sense to me. And yeah, like you say, it may never be something that Google declare. Well, it may, maybe a year from now, it becomes an actual you know, part of what Google are requiring us to do, maybe two years, whatever. Yeah, yeah I mean, never say never, right? Um, this is utterly fascinating so my what my piece of advice would anybody who has been uh, provoked by this into thoughtful rumination and is thinking boy i really want to know more about this where's the um where's the best place that we can reach out to you you know are you on the twitter do you respond yep. best to email tell tell us all the places that we can get in touch we do wordproof.io, uh, so that's where you find information about the product. There's a free plan, and for the you asked me to do an offer for the listeners. Yes. There's a free plan with uh, 100 for to timestamp 100 old articles and 10 pieces every month for free. But if they send me an email right after signing up, I'll uh, make it a bigger plan for a year for free because uh, we're not about earning money; we're about uh, proving the use case at the moment. Oh. So uh, that's for all the WP. Listeners, on Twitter I'm uh, at Delance, D-A-L-A-N-S, and WordProofIO is a handle on Twitter as well. And uh, with any questions, please reach out to us. We are here to learn together. We are here to work with the community together. Um, yeah, that's uh, that, that's basically it. Oh, thank you so much. Honestly, a deeply interesting and and kind of fe- staring into the future topic, which we don't often do. So that has been remarkably interesting. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And yeah, w- one of the things we will announce soon is one of the, uh, I, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say it yet, but the, uh, <laughs> one of the biggest SEO companies in the world, uh, based on the usage basis, might be part of uh, WordProof soon. So Ooh, let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. That's interesting. So whenever this goes live, whenever that may be, we might have more yep. to uh, might have more to might have more to discover. No doubt, it'll be on the uh, on yep. the blog. Well, thank you so much for chatting to me today. Um, yeah, take care. Take care, and uh, yeah, we always end the talk with "Let's fix the broken web together." So nice. uh, yeah, indeed, let's indeed. Do it I echo that comment. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. That, to me, was a really fantastically interesting subject, straying into all sorts of new areas that, in all honesty, I hadn't really considered before. The idea that the blockchain could be deployed to protect your own content, perhaps even to boost your SEO, is something really, really interesting to me. I'll be sure to be looking into this more in the future, and perhaps you would do too. If you want to find out more, you can obviously go to wordproof.io and discover what Sebastian and his team have been up to. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your AB Split Test in record time? The new AB Split Test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part, it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress block editor. Check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. As I said at the top of the show, we produce quite a lot of content each and every week. Come back and join us next Thursday for a podcast. We've got the recording of the WordPress Weekly News on Monday. That comes out at 7 a.m. UK time and 2 p.m. UK time live, wpbuilds.com forward slash live. We've got the live version of the news where I'm joined by some notable WordPress guests. Do remember also that 2 p.m. on the Tuesday, same URL, forward slash live, you can join Sabrina Zaidan and myself talking about our journey getting users to use our plugins. Anyway, I hope that you join us for some of that. 
I'm going to fade in some cheesy music and say bye-bye for now. Bye.